Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. The OG3 is here. Bradley, Emily, and myself. And today we are talking about mud. Yeah, let's get dirty. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's on everyone's mind because the weather is absolutely awful. And there's mud everywhere. Continues to snow and rain and everything in between. What does Bradley do to handle mud up in Morris? Whether or not he does the right things, we'll find that out. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there is a right answer when it comes to mud. No, before, not at all. Before we get into that, we haven't heard an update from Bradley about his home project and how many cattle are there now? How big are they? What's going on, Brad? Well, they are big. There's only four still. Uh, you know, there's always questions about getting more, but you know, sheep are always on the mind too. So we may venture back into that, but I have bred some of the heifers. So we're still waiting on preg checks, but otherwise everybody's doing well. And I haven't gotten too out of control yet, which is usually the case. Yet being the operative word here. That's correct. That's correct. But you haven't preg checked those heifers yet, Brad. I thought you did it at like, you know, 12 days. I wish I could do it at like <laughs> the day after I bred them, but it's not possible quite yet. You know, we haven't figured that one out, but we will make sure to have an update on on how good Brad's AI skills were as soon as we get a preg check. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get all like the numbers and everything too. We'll we'll benchmark you, Brad, on an exactly. episode. That would be good. <laughs> My four four heifers. It'll yeah, be benchmarking Brad's forehead. All right, <laughs> all right, we can do that. We can do that today. Mud. It's just everyone's worst nightmare. It really is. And it's just a fact of life, though. In spring in Minnesota, doesn't matter if you got dairy, beef. Honestly, doesn't matter if you have horses, sheep, goats. It, it's all a mess. I was just talking to my dad on the phone yesterday. And, you know, my dad is is a retired farmer, uh, but he taps the maple trees in our pastures now. And he has said how even just all the mud in the pastures has made it really difficult to get around so yeah, he was complaining about mud. My brother's complaining about mud. You know, he's got beef cattle there. And yes, it's just, it happens every year. And every year it's the same thing where we're like, this sucks. <laughs> and what do we do about it? And, you know, it's it's important that we talk about it and manage it because it can lead to a lot of problems. I know when I was in central Minnesota, I did a lot of talking about you know, hoof rot and that kind of thing around this time of year. Yeah. I mean, the big question though, is how does the mud really affect the cat ranch and how that goes? Well, the kitties do get a little muddy, um, muddy paws, <laughs> but my, I think I've said before too, my dad has converted one of the old tie stalls, uh, put up some plywood sides and put a little heating lamp in there. So when it's muddy and gross and rainy and cold, uh, the cats have a little hot box they can go into, just like you would put a calf in. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, today, I guess the, the big question is, okay, what do we do about the mud? How do we organize everything to avoid it as much as we can? At some point, there's just going to be mud, and, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Beef side, dairy side, doesn't matter. There's a lot of of consequences to mud. And that's, that's kind of the things that we need to talk about first, I guess. Brad, what, 
what do you see on the dairy when it gets really muddy? What do you start to see that is a kind of just a, a pain in your butt? You know, it's, well, it's definitely mud season right now. And it's kind of in this late March, early April, where all the snow was melted and it was raining and snowing. And it was snowing this morning again on April 7th. And it's kind of the worst time that we, we, we don't like it. It's like, well, what do we do with cows? Things like that. I think the uh, biggest thing we see is changes in milk quality. You know, somatic cell counts maybe go up a little bit. Uh, we see a few, you know, it depends on the year, a little bit more cases of clinical mastitis if we're not keeping things clean and, and uh, teats cleaned in the parlor. So that's probably the biggest thing I worry about is mastitis, overall comfort, you know, just dirty cows and it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's trying to figure out what to do all of the time and where to go with animals is, is not fun. Uh, it's a new decision every single day. And, and there's not a whole lot of papers for us to read that talk about mud and dairy cattle production and the effect on that. The, the thing that's easiest to measure when it comes to mud is dry matter intake. So when we look at dry matter intakes on the dairy side, and, and a ton of studies have been done about dry matter intake on the feedlot side when we talk beef, that, that we see huge decreases in dry matter intake as mud goes up. So, I mean, one of the numbers that I have in my head is that dry matter intakes drop by two and a half percent for every inch of mud. That, that's, that's a dairy study that tells us that. I mean, that's a huge deal. That's a lot of dry matter intake. And then if you look at that, the same thing on the beef side, we look at, okay, if we've got mud that's hock deep, we're losing 28% of our dry matter intake. That's, that's massive. That's gains, that's production, that's health. There's all sorts of things associated with that. So mud, more than it just being an inconvenience for us, trying to get the tractors around, trying to walk through everything. It's, it's, a, it's a money issue, a straight production issue. Yeah, you know, as we're thinking about mud and the ground is soft and and Joe mentioned tractors, you know, we know tractors can get stuck. But also, I just like to remind people this time of year when it's really wet, if you're driving tractors or other equipment on roadways, look out for soft shoulders. Be really aware of that. Um, I know most farmers do try to keep to the shoulder just for ease of other traffic passing and all of that. But you know, it's my advice that if you have your slow moving vehicle emblem attached and your lights flashing, be in the lane, really try to avoid those shoulders um, because we see a lot of rollovers that happen from that type of situation. So that's just a little, a little safety message here as we're talking about mud. And that's the worst part, uh, Emily, is, is, is mud and, and vehicles because we bury tractors out here and TMR wagons. It happens every year. There's no no year that I haven't been out here that we haven't. And, you know, so that's frustrating for workers. And now you get another tractor out there and it's just, people are tense and tension. And, you know, so I think, you know, we have to remain calm, even though it happens, we know that that mud is a factor. And if we bury a tractor or TMR wagon, it's, it's all part of the business. And I know it's frustrating. It's frustrating for us. And, you know, we just have to remember to keep calm and it'll all work out. And, you know, three weeks from now or a month from now, things are going to be totally different, but we sort of have to deal with those issues uh, in the beginning. Keeping that awareness and, and making sure that you're checking those field conditions 
you know, my, my little farm safety slogan that I also think is applicable here is, you know, slow down, think twice, be safe. So, you know, slow down, think twice before you bring that tractor into the field, you know, is it going to make it through or is it going to get stuck? I get that in farming, we are always up against the clock, it seems like, but if you're going to bury a tractor and spend half the day pulling it out, you haven't saved yourself any time either. When we bury tractors and TMR wagons, that's kind of a signal for us that we probably need to move move animal groups or or move animals somewhere else and try and find a a drier spot because it it's just going to continue. If you bury it once, you're going to do it again. That's sort of how we manage that burying tractors. Is it's time to move the cows to a not such a sloppy place and try to think about what to do next. Yeah, and it can be super frustrating because one of the the ways that I see tractors get buried the most, obviously with the TMR wagon, but also when you're trying to bed, when we get muddy and wet and the that we know we need to bed our cattle more, we need to keep them dry, to keep them healthy. And and you're burying tractors trying to get, you know, get bedding out to the cows. So that can be super frustrating because you know you need to do it, but it it just makes it everything just a little harder when we know farmers don't have extra time in the day to begin with. So we all know it's frustrating. Keep what Emily said in mind. That's, that's a huge piece, you know, slow down, think twice, be safe. The other factor of mud that I don't think we, we don't talk about it as much as I think we, we could is that we see other effects rather than just straight production effects when it comes to the cows. Often when we have mud, cows tend to slug feed. So not only do we have depressed dry matter intake, but we're taking fewer meals and they're larger meals. And so sometimes that leads to acidosis and acidosis is the, the first domino in anything you could think of that could go wrong with a cow, pneumonia, displaced abomasums, lameness, mastitis, everything else. So when we get acidosis, when we have that rumen upset, it just is a domino effect for everything else to go wrong. So mud, in addition to straight production issues, we're talking about health issues as well. So it's a big deal. I think we've, we've hammered that home. We probably don't have to keep harping on that right now, but the big thing we need to do is tell everyone some ideas for what to do about it. That's the big thing. So Brad, what, what do you guys do specifically going into spring, knowing you're going to have mud? What do you, what do you do to, to make sure you can handle it? Well, there's a couple things based on what's happening. We, you know, moving animals to different groups or to different paddocks or places where the water drains a little bit better and it it doesn't create low spots. So we've already moved some groups of our like springing heifers and dry cows. We've moved them from one pasture to another that dries out a little bit better, albeit it's still a little muddy out there and slick, but it's not, you know, ankle deep or, or hawk deep. So, you know, moving groups of cows and I, it, and that's a frustrating part too, you know, it takes time and effort, but, you know, we have to keep these animals clean and dry and, and not in the mud. So moving animals is one thing, you know, trying to figure out where to go with them. And we have a few spots. Sometimes we run out of spots because of weather. And the next thing that, uh, you know, I think about is dry bedding. So make sure they're, if the animals are in a place where we can bed them, uh, you know, as having clean, dry bedding, especially with our milking cows, you know, our milking cows are outdoors having dry straw. We probably bed a lot more than, you know, normal during this time of year, but keeping them dry 
certainly helps with uh, cow comfort and mastitis because, you know, we've already seen it. Uh, you know, I look at our somatic cell count and it's jumped a little bit in the last week uh, because of snow melt and mud and rain. So, you know, we try to work with our employees to help reiterate that cow cleanliness in the parlor and getting the teats clean. And you might have to spend a little bit more time to, you know, make sure that the teats are clean before you put the milker on because it's inevitable. We do see a little bit of increase in somatic cell count. It's running, you know, 225,000 or so before, and we've jumped maybe now to it was 275. So it's gone up a little bit. And so we have to keep that at bay and try and make sure that things are dry and that, you know, bedding and milking procedure is all part of that. There's, there's a lot of things to do, a lot of things to keep in mind. And, and it is, like I said, kind of a domino effect from all this mud. Preparing the areas these animals are going to be in can, can just save you a lot of headaches, you know, making sure slopes are correct so you don't get low spots, kind of like Bradley was talking about putting drainage in if you have to. Uh, the absolute gold standard is concrete and having concrete so that cows have some footing and it doesn't allow things to pile up. It's easy to clean. That's the absolute gold standard. Now, not everyone can pour concrete and that's expensive. So I get that. But what I like to think about is the, the triangle of what cows need, right? They have feed, water, and where they lay down. So that triangle, if you're going to pour concrete, I'm not saying you have to cover your entire dry lot in concrete, but I, I'm saying that it would be super beneficial to have concrete that covers that triangle of traffic between the feed, the water, and the bedding. Now, again, like I said, concrete's super expensive. Brad, do you guys have concrete everywhere or do you do something else? No, we do something else. Concrete's expensive. We have some spots where we can put animals that are on concrete, but not enough. Definitely not enough. I wish we had more. Farmers are super resourceful and there's a lot of farmers that are really good at pouring concrete and they can cut the cost of that and do it themselves. But there's a lot of other things you can do that aren't concrete, right? I mean, road base and making pads that are, are pretty much the same thing as a gravel road to make sure you have some compact ground that drains well sloped correctly and and gives those cows firm footing especially around your feeder around the water and then uh in a path or at least something so they can get to the bedded pack and, and stay dry that way so lots of other things to do and i think it, it's really important to think about those high traffic areas because there's a lot i mean especially for brad you got uh the alleyway coming back to the parlor and and what do you guys do with that do you guys kind of firm that up some way we try and firm it up. We we scrape it if it gets too deep, uh, you know, kind of clean some of the mud out. We have some dried crushed concrete that we get, you know, gravel kind of putting it in there to help firm things up. We try, we, we put sawdust in there. If we get a load of sawdust, you know, sawdust dries things out really fast. I know it's expensive and can be expensive for just dumping in lanes, but it helps on a temporary basis to help just dry up some of that water and, and hold it. So it, that, that helps too. W one thing that we also think about that based on our cow movements is make sure you're not putting them on slopes. If, you know, we have a, a river here on our research center. So we try not to move the animals where it's slopey in the spring. So we have runoff going into the river. So there's some environmental things to think about too, that, 
we we maybe throw to the the backside but uh, you know we we think about those you know we don't want to put animals on slopey areas in the spring where we know water and rain and and all of that can run off so that's that's important to us as well and i think an important point that you made there bradley was that you know with mud there's not always a one size fits all approach right it's dependent on a lot of things not just your budget but yeah, the setup of your farm, the way your animals are moved, the areas that they're in, you know, how how much slope you have. I I grew up in a fairly flat area of the state, and now I'm in a very, very hilly area of the state where the, the methods that you use are a lot different. I know growing up on our farm, usually every two or three years, uh, we would get some fresh gravel laid down in our farmyard. Um, so we had, yeah, just kind of one big the driveway would come in and loop around and that would take you to the house, the barn, the sheds, everything. And so, yeah, we would lay extra gravel on that uh, to help with some of the mud. And then, yeah, in the pasture, it would be a matter of closing off some areas that were just too muddy. You know, we would have cows get stuck in the mud. I'm sure we've all been there where we've gotten stuck in the mud and lost a boot or two. Uh, you know, I've I've walked up to to the farmhouse with muddy socks and no boots on. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's just a matter of, of managing all those little things the way you can. And like you said, Brad, if you happen to get sawdust, you know, that could be a quick fix when you just need some absorption done. Any of those things can work. And yes, concrete is the best, but you know, yeah, if you have a neighbor that you could, you know, split some class five with or something, there, there are other options as well that are a little more budget friendly and may work uh, for your operation just based on, again, the way it's laid out, the size, et cetera. Brad, the other thing that I was thinking about, and I think this is something that Troy Salzer and I have talked about before, is if you know you've got an outwintering lot or you know you've got a spot you're going to calve in the spring, planting that with some kind of annual cover crop to try to keep everything held together. Is that something you guys have tried at all up there? We have done that before. Sometimes we'll outwinter on some sorghum stand grass, and that helps firm up the ground in the springtime. We've done a few other things. Rye, um, we try not to go out on the rye too early, but it does help firm up the ground a little bit. And even corn stalks, you know, if if there's a little area, you know, we don't have to make everything black in the fall. We can leave a little spot where you leave the corn stalks and that's a great outwintering area and it really firms up the ground and, and doesn't create all this mud. Now it, it will if you get enough moisture, but it's not as bad as just having, you know, bare ground. So corn stalks are, are a wonderful place to have animals in the springtime and keep the ground firm. That's something that I'd love to explore a little more. You know, a lot of this takes planning. That's the big thing. You know, I mean, when we're, we're talking about what to do about mud in the spring, you know, a lot of things we're talking about, you got to be doing in the summer and the fall, getting ready to be prepared for mud in the spring. So I think that's that's the other thing that I would think about doing is, okay, if you right now in the spring, you know where it's muddy, print out a little overhead picture or wherever of your farm or your corral or whatever, and mark where it's muddy. So, you know, when you're going to go deal with that in the summer or the fall and try to fix it, you know where the problem areas were, you know, what was the worst spot that you need to fix that's something that's going to take some planning and you got to find the time at some point, which is always a challenge, but there's a lot of looking ahead to try to deal with the mud and to figure this out. And it happens every year. We know, we know that it happens. And sometimes it, 
it surprises me that it like catches us off guard and we're like, what, what's, you know, now what do we do? And it's like, well, no, it, it just happens every year. And so, yeah, I, I agree. Some planning uh, is always helpful to try and figure out where to go with cows and, and it, it becomes better as the year goes on, but day-to-day -day, uh, uh, decisions sometimes. Well, and if you're, if you're a beef farmer and you're talking about this cow calf, I mean, again, Brad, like Brad said, it comes every year. We know the time that's the worst, you know, it's really worth considering moving your calving window to a different time where there's less mud. I mean, it, it can really benefit you now moving up, getting earlier, it can be tough, but it can be done. It's going to take a while and you're going to have to do it over a series of years. And, and you're going to have to work with your veterinarian to figure out the protocols that you need to get your cows going earlier. But uh, it can be done. And then there's always the option of later, which sometimes isn't as desirable because we have, you know, lighter calves at weaning and all those kind of things. But sometimes that's a better option. You know, a little lighter calves, but more of them alive is better than, you know, a little heavier calves or calves that struggle because they were born in the mud and have scours issues and all these other things. So lots to think about. But um, any last thoughts, Emily, Brad? Biggest one is don't get frustrated. We We all get frustrated this time. And and the brighter days are ahead. I think about that, you know, a month from now, cows are probably be on pasture and cows will be clean and much better. Uh, and it changes really quick. So don't, don't get frustrated. Yeah. I think that that's a really, really good point, Brad. And I would just add to that, you know, and we talk about a lot on here, just go back to your basics. Remember your management basics, you know, do what you think you can to keep things clean and dry, do what you can to keep your cows clean and dry do the kneel test on, on that bedded pack and those areas every so often. Just again, don't get frustrated. Do your best. Everybody is struggling with mud right now. There isn't always a perfect solution for every situation. So I think it's just a matter of looking at those basics, doing the things that you can. And, you know, if you need to make a temporary change, such as moving cattle, you know, or creating a sacrifice area, then make those, um, you know, and keep note of that for next year. So you know what worked and what didn't. Good deal. Well, good luck everyone with the mud and uh, we're all dealing with it. We're all in the same boat. Call your neighbor and complain. They've got plenty to complain about to you as well. Watch out for each other. Why don't you wrap us up, Em? All right. If you have questions, comments, scathing rebuttals, or pictures of you covered in mud without boots on, you can email those to the Moose Room at T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. That's the Moose Room at umn.edu. You can also find us on our website, extension.umn.edu, on Twitter at UMN Moose Room and at UMN Farm Safety. And if you have any questions you would like us to talk about on air, you can call and leave us a voicemail, 612-624-3610. Bye. 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 Thank you.